The Lord be with you. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to John. Peter turned and saw the disciple following whom Jesus loved, the one who had also reclined upon his chest during the supper, and had said, Master, who is the one who will betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about him? Jesus said to him, What if I want him to remain until I come? What concern is it of yours? You follow me. So the word spread among the brothers that the disciple would not die. But Jesus had not told him that he would not die, just, What if I want him to remain until I come? What concern is it of yours? It is this disciple who testifies to these things and has written them, and we know that his testimony is true. There are also many other things that Jesus did, but if these were to be described individually, I do not think the whole world would contain the books that would be written. The Gospel of the Lord. I know I've mentioned it before, but it's been a little bit while, a little while ago. But there's a um, a saint in the beatification process, servant of God, Luisa Picaretta. Uh, servant of God, Luisa Picaretta was certainly a unique saint and a, and a mystic uh, of the church. And she died in 1947, so really a, a recent saint in, in our timeline of history. And one of the things that was so unique about her, well, there were actually many, many things that were quite unique about her life. Uh, she was confined to her bed for almost 60 years of her, of her life and, and was not known by anybody at all except for just that close family that was surrounding her in her life. And um, her whole entire life was devoted to the prayer and devoted to Eucharist at a time where a lot of people would not really be exposed to, to daily Mass all of the time. A priest would actually come to her house and celebrate daily Mass with her. And in fact, she lived on the Eucharist alone for, gosh, almost that, almost that entire 60-year period. So much so that this was observed by other people. Some, some young little boys who became priests later in life that by obedience to the priests that surrounded her, they would tell her to eat a little bit of food each day. Um, you know, normal, normal food. But the food, would they, they said it would come back up. She would eat it, chew it, and it would come back up fragrant and whole, the way that they described it. The only thing that she actually consumed that would stay down was our Lord himself, just the Eucharist. It, truly unique circumstances. Her whole entire, she had a first grade education level, level yet recorded, um, revealed to her by our Lord Jesus Christ and Mary, many different volumes of writing with having almost no real education. So, so miraculous things absolutely surrounded her whole entire life. But one of the conversations he has with Jesus that's so important and so interesting is she wants to know what her greatest sin is. I think most of us probably don't really want to know what our greatest sin is. Probably rather like live in some sort of ignorance with that. But that's an important thing to know because then we, we know that we could probably attack it at the root, right? So what's my greatest sin? What's my greatest sin? This great saint is asking, what's my greatest sin? And Jesus finally tells her, your greatest sin was wanting to be 
a religious sister when that was not my will for you. And it's just like, wow, that really hits, hits you right like where it counts because it tells you, even though that is a wonderful and holy desire, just like when a man desires to be a priest, but if the Lord is not calling him to the priesthood, then that's not what he should do, right? It could be a good and holy desire, but the will of God actually has to be discerned in our life. That's the most important thing. And in the readings today, we realized, you know, St. Paul, St. Peter, St. John, they're all very, very different men, just like we're all different men and women that have completely different demeanors and temperaments, right? And so you can see that in them, in, the, in this whole gospel. It's so fascinating to watch how they react to things, right? You know, and Jesus is just like, for layman's terms, mind your own business, right? Right? He's just like, you focus on you, what my will is for you, not what, what my will is for the other, the other person. I might have something different in store for them, but you focus on, on what I've called you to do. Um, this, prayer, this book right here is called Finding Frasati and, and Allowing His Path to Holiness, and Following His Path to Holiness. And, um, this is a book I've just been reading lately, and it's one of these books that's kind of great during prayer time, because there's the, the reflections are only like two or three pages, so you can sort of do a little reflection and then sit with it, so it works well during the holy hour. But um, this, this I happened to read just this morning, and this was Cultivating a Spirit of Sacrifice is the title of it, and I just wanted to read this first couple paragraphs. As children, one of the expressions, and this will be familiar to many of you, I'm sure. As children, one of the expressions my brothers and sisters and I did not like hearing our parents say was, offer it up. It was an almost automatic response whenever we complained about something unpleasant we were asked to do or when we didn't get something we wanted. Offer it up was a parental discussion ender. It meant we were not going to get a different answer or outcome no matter how much we tried. We didn't understand it then, but what our parents were trying to say was that we should make the sacrifice for Jesus. This act of uniting our sufferings to the cross allowed us to play a small role in the work of saving souls. Sacrifice, once a central concept in Catholic spirituality, has given way to a desire for instant gratification, pleasure, convenience, and avoiding pain at all costs. Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati considered a willingness to sacrifice is something absolutely necessary to fight the evil that was confronting his generation. And I just thought that was an amazing reflection because it kind of goes to show you that in our, in our gospel that that's the very reality of our life is we don't exactly know what our situation is going to be. But no matter what it is, is we need to offer it up to God's will in our life so that he can direct us, not what we want it to be. And, um, and many of you grew up with that from parents who probably said things like that, right? I'm not really of a generation that said that. They say it now, you know, but it's not, that's not necessarily the way uh, I grew up. But it's such an important thing that we really have lost in our faith to a great extent. And the thing that we have to remember is that the only way to really get there it is to ask the Lord and submit to him, right? Like, Lord, show me the way. The way that we communicate with the Lord is, is through our prayer. We make the desire of our heart known to him, 
And if we ask him to show us the way, instead of prayers of petition for the way that we want, it'll start to become apparent. I don't know how he does it. I still haven't figured that one out yet. But somehow, some way, he presents the right people, the right situations, the right circumstances that start to give you a sense. And, and then he knows at that point that you have an open heart to it, right? And so, and, and, and this was also reminded at the end of this chapter of just a reminder to pray that Fatima sacrifice prayer, which is, oh, oh my Jesus, I offer this for love of you, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So we remember that our sufferings are not for, for nothing, but for the conversion of, of souls, for the conversions of those who sin. And, and one of the great reminders, I love the conclusions of these Gospels, because what an amazing realization that John says at the very end of that Gospel. He's like, these things are written. Again, not everything. And that's how we are these days. I want to know everything, Lord. I'm sorry, you're not God. You don't get to know everything. We don't get to know everything. But these are written so that you would come to believe. But if everything was written that the Lord Jesus did, even in those days that he was with them, I don't think all the books in the world would contain that. That's who we're talking about. That's who we worship. That's the God that we worship. So we have to remind ourselves that only a portion is revealed to us so that we come to believe that there's so much more behind the power of God in our life. God, in, yeah, in working in each one of our lives. So if you haven't done it in a while, just say that simply in your prayer. Like, Lord, what, what, I want what you want. What is your will in my life? God bless you all.